Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience at the Alamo Draft House that I forgot to cover last week. And then Tim is going to magically appear, and we're going to discuss Jason Bourne for a little bit. There will be some spoiler terry, so please skip over it using the show notes at MidwestFilmNerds.com if you don't want to hear it. Is that what the movie's called, Jason Bourne? Yes. Okay. I didn't even know that. Yes. And then uh, we will end with a review of the Duffer Brothers Stranger Things, now available on Netflix. So check it out there if you haven't seen it yet before you listen to our spoiler, Terry. But yes. we will do non-spoilers as well. But before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmers.com is where you write to us. Let us know what you think of the show or the things that we talk about. We're also at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, so please check us out in those places. Uh, MidwestFilmers.com has all previous 189 plus bonus episodes with full show notes, so you can skip over the spoilers, Terry, and other things that you don't want to hear. And you can also shop at the support store to buy Midwest Film Nerds and Game Nerds apparel or donate to the network if you wish. We will use that money to make our shows and network even better. Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com is also available if you're going to do some Amazon shopping in the future. If you use that link, part of the money that you spend will come to us at no extra charge to you. So we would greatly appreciate that. And thank you to those of you that do use it. Uh, Gone to Texas, the final episode of the season of Preacher aired this past Sunday. And we did a recap episode on it yesterday. So please check that out. But we will be doing one more season wrap-up show next week. So uh, join us there and uh, and weep the fact that we got to wait a whole nother year for more Preacher. But at least you guys will officially be back. Yes. Which yeah, is better than is, the alternative. There is a season two, so we will return no. next year in some form. Um, and then finally, Willie wrote a piece what about... What form will you take? <laughs> I don't know. Form of our choosing. Not the final form. Uh, Willie wrote a piece about It and Pennywise and the upcoming It adaptation as well as the book and the... Uh, the TV miniseries, as he alluded to a few weeks ago. So please go check it out on MidwestFilmers.com. There's also a link to it on Facebook as well. You can check it out there and uh, and read yourself some Stephen King goodness, written by Willie. Um, and then one other thing, Midwest Game Nerds is having a little contest for, the, uh, for a code to play Hyper Light Drifter on PS4. So please go to the Facebook for Midwest Game Nerds to check out how to enter that contest. But now that all that is said and done, I just want to talk at you guys a little bit with my uh, experience at the Alamo Draft House. So for those of you that don't know, the Alamo Draft House uh, started out in Texas, of course, because it's the Alamo Draft House. Uh, but it was basically a theater that kind of, uh, the first things that I heard about it was that there's food that is served during the movie. And that also uh, there's no talking or texting allowed. You will be ejected from the theater if... Uh, if you're seen to be talking to people very loudly and it's bothering other guests or that your phone is out and you're bothering other guests as well. And so I always wanted to check it out because it sounded like a pretty interesting film experience. And while I was in Virginia uh, two weeks ago, I uh, when I went to see Star Trek Beyond, I went to an Alamo Draft House. And uh, it was actually, it's a very cool experience. 
Yeah. Uh, I thought it would be a little weird with servers walking around during the movie, but it's really not that bothersome. They tend to stay out of sight and crouch down with the food when they come out. There's a little system where you've got a menu with a very dim light underneath your seat. You can go and check the menu and see if you want to order something, if you get hungry or want a beer or something during the movie, and then you write on a ticket and stick it in between this like thing that stands it up so that the server can see that you have an order during the movie. He'll come up and grab it and bring it out to you when it's ready. And then about 45 minutes uh, from the end of the movie, they bring out your check, and you can pull out your credit card and put it down, and they'll have you closed out by the time the credits roll. So Interesting. That all worked very efficient. well. Yeah, very efficient. Everything's timed very well. Um, it, it was very cool. I, I didn't really end up ordering that much food. Unfortunately, I went to a showing that was after dinner, so I'd already eaten, but I did get a lemonade, and it was good. <laughs> <laughs> a delightful lemonade. <laughs> yeah. So I can't talk too much about the uh, about the food quality, but I will say that the whole serving aspect of it all was not as distracting as I anticipated it being, so that was Does cool. Does the theater smell like food, and like, do you get aromas of people's meals? Did a lot of people order stuff? There weren't a ton of people ordering stuff. The people on either side of me did order things, but I didn't really notice it that much. I, I bet if I was paying a little more attention to that, that typically doesn't bother me, hmm. um, but if I were paying a little more attention, I probably would have smelled <clears throat> some of the chicken that the guy to my left was eating, or... You know, but it wasn't anything too. That is very bizarre. I don't know if I could ever. I don't know. I feel like if do they do a lot of like, not I don't want to say festivals, but like a a little marathon where you can like see three movies in a row or something. I think they do a lot more special events than because for that I could totally see like I'm gonna I'm gonna show up at five o'clock and then I'll order dinner while I'm there at my second movie and check out a bunch of movies that you've basically already seen. Make a day of it. Yeah. I think they do a lot more special events than a lot of the theaters around us do. You know, Imagine's getting better at that. They're doing like Wednesday rewinds or something like that where they play an older movie every Wednesday night and there's kind of Events like that, but I think the Alamo Draft House, like they played a, a number one, they don't play any commercials before the movies, only for their own stuff. So they showed a trailer for a Queen sing along where they're going to play a bunch of Queen videos and the audience just gets to sing along to it. That's pretty cool. So they, they do a lot of really cool, interesting events like that. Um, but the other really awesome thing, I got there maybe a half an hour early. And I sat down in my seat, and they are just up on the screen instead of playing all the stupid, like, here's a trivia question that everybody knows the answer to, and check out the Eyeglass Institute just down the street on Main, and all that dumb stuff. They were playing old Star Trek commercials, and they had a video, like, they had the the video from the VHS part of the VHS board game that hmm. this one Star Trek thing put out. And it's all, like, really campy stuff, and there's old infomercials of, like, Scotty trying to sell you a plate that has Spock's face on it. And the floating Star Trek pen. And it was all really charming and fun to watch. They also played the music video for the firm's Star Trekkin', which if you guys haven't heard that song before, it's really funny. It's ridiculous. But it was a Dr. Demento song that my dad loved very, very much. And it's, it's, a, it's a great little song. But all in all, I just want to say it was a very cool experience. It's, um, it's very unique. And I, and I think if there were one near us, I would probably go to it a little more often. Oh, yeah. Especially if it was in the case of like, man, I'm hungry. I also want to see a movie. Why not? Let's just go Friday night, catch some dinner and a movie. And, and I think, you know, it seemed they had all kinds of food there. There were different burgers and pizzas and things like that that you could get. So it just seemed very awesome. If you have an Alamo Draft House near you and you haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. There is one in Kalamazoo, Michigan, but that's about a two and a half hour drive from us. So 
we don't tend to make it over there too often. On a five-star scale, how is the lemonade? Uh, the, I would give the lemonade like a four. That's a pretty good lemonade. It's a, it was a good lemonade. It wasn't like a, it didn't feel like country time lemonade, but it wasn't like homemade lemonade, you know? Something in between, maybe? Yeah. So Not so overly it was, tart? It was, yeah, it wasn't overly tart. It wasn't overly sweet. It was Ooh, right in the middle. That's right in the middle. I yeah. like that. Um, I wanted to say one thing real quick before we move on. Um, there are I know there's some theaters out in California that do this, and I would love to see a theater around here do it. Because now that we're starting to – some of the mainstream theaters are starting to get into the whole things like the Wednesday night show. Yeah. And then obviously the Henry Ford's been doing uh, their kind of retro screenings. Um, there's some theaters out in California that do uh, mystery screenings. Uh, there is one that does, that does do it here. Does, right? The Maple the Theater Maple does, it? Does, does a mystery movie every That's month. That's cool. It's cool because like it, from what I understand, you go – and you know you're going to see – You usually they give you some idea like of clue. what kind of movie it is. Yeah. They at least let you know – they don't want people showing up for some sort of like slasher movie if they're yep. – you know. So you show up and then what they, what they do is they'll play tra- old trailers for movies that are somehow related to the movie that they're about to play. Yeah. So like everybody's watching the trailers in the movie going – Okay, what's the common thread here? What are we about <laughs> yeah. to see? Like, it's, I think that's really cool. I've I would always, love to see. I've always wanted to go to the Maple Theater. Like, Girls Gone Hungry on Instagram always like they they they've tagged us before for the the midnight movie or the the mystery movie at the Maple. Yeah. And I've always wanted to go. I did to not it. know they did that. So it, it, I think it would be a lot of fun to check it out. We should go do that cool. sometime. Be fun. I'm down. But uh, we just we leave our review up to up to whatever Maple's mystery movie. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna review the Maple mystery movie this week. But... Terms of Endearment. That would be awesome. Actually, <laughs> I think that that's a great idea. That's a great idea. It's actually the uh, uh, opening line to Alistair's podcast, which I did listen to. Yeah, the first episode of. He said, "I think the best." It wasn't his opening line, but it was in his opening summation. I think he said, I think the best cinematic diet is a a varied one or something. Like that. Yeah. He said it much more eloquently than <laughs> eloquently. See, I can't even say that. Right. Well, <laughs> well he, he is British. Yeah. So. Oh, I know. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous listening to it because I'm like, oh, we are just the lowbrow <laughs> <laughs> Americans, aren't we? Yep. It's really funny. But uh, I completely forgot to talk about that last week. Or was I even here last week? I don't know. Well, we did Star Trek last week. And okay, that was, I was when I here. said that he was he was on it. Like that he that he had started the podcast. That's when I read off his email. So we didn't. I I have I still haven't had the chance. You to had to have done it, it before. Oh yeah, because we were recording the first. That's right. That's yep. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did listen to it. It was good. Yeah. Talk more about that. Like, I, I want to write him some feedback. So. Awesome, Alistair. If you're listening to this and I have not yet written you feedback, this is Nick. I liked your show. Awesome. And uh, I'll tell you more later. Very cool. Check it out at Films of Every Color. Yes. Yes. Spelled the British way. Kalur. Kalur with the yes. O-U. Yes. Yeah. It was great. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It was great. All right. So now I'm going to throw to a segment that I've re- recorded previously with Tim. On, Tim uh, Apparate. Yes. <laughs> on uh, on uh, Paul Bluegrass's, Paul Greengrass's uh, Jason Bourne. <laughs> Take it away, past Alex and Tim. So it's time for our review of Jason Bourne. I'm here with Tim at the moment. Uh, welcome, Tim. In the Thank event you. that I did not introduce you, did not introduce yourself at the beginning of the episode, as we normally do. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about Jason Bourne. The IMDb synopsis says the most dangerous former operative of the CIA is drawn out of hiding to uncover hidden truths about his past. It's a great synopsis for every Bourne movie. <laughs> uh, this movie stars Matt Damon, Tommy Lee Jones, Alicia Vikander, uh, Vincent Cassell, Julia Stiles, Riz Ahmed, and many more. Um. Yeah. So the first episode of this very podcast was a review of the Born Legacy, the yes. uh, the not really reboot, but the Jeremy Renner entry into the Born franchise. 
where he believed, I believe he played somebody cross. Was it Alex Cross? I think it was. Yes, it was Alex yeah, Cross. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> y- y- you know, we talked about that. I don't recommend you listen to it because it is the first official episode of the podcast, and it's it's pretty rough. But uh, it might be worth checking out. However, I haven't uh, seen that one. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I listened to the I, podcast. I don't think you needed to. Really. It's about it's about chemtrails, right? <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. Is it? Isn't he addicted to chems? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because his uh, was he in Blackbriar? Maybe I don't know. Let's not. Do they reference it? In I this? think. I think that was a reference when. He's, okay. Yeah, he's in one of the programs that is kind of discussed in this movie but anyway we'll get to that um but yeah tim really briefly how do you feel about the Bourne films i love the original trilogy but it's such a um it's one of those things i watch and then i don't forget about it like i always remember it but it's just not something i revisit that often yeah it's kind of i don't know i I take it more like a roller coaster type experience yeah that makes any sense i don't i don't dwell on them um but yeah they're kind of movies that are in the moment Mm-hmm. Um, for me, but I, I the um, the first one I think is actually grown to be pretty underrated. Yeah, um, I think the first one is um, fantastic. And I feel like Supremacy gets most of the praise. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, and then even people liked Ult- Ultimatum was well received. But, right, Ultimatum um, is this weird thing. I think I read somewhere that Greengrass and Bor or Bored <laughs> call that David Bored. <laughs> you know his name. <laughs> <laughs> so but i read somewhere that like going into because they kind of just they made supremacy kind of on the spot yeah and they just kind of made things up and going into ultimatum they just they just winged it a lot of it yeah um is what i, I remember reading around the time it was coming out so and you can tell ultimatum's kind of slight but i still love it like yeah. i think i think it's a perfect capper um which was a surprise me when this came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say I did really enjoy the Bourne films, especially when I kind of first discovered them. I didn't really come into the series until after Supremacy was out. Um, so, you know, I kind of caught those two on DVD and then I saw Ultimatum in theaters. Uh, obviously saw the Bourne Legacy, wasn't a huge fan of it. Didn't really know why it existed. And sounds like neither the stu- neither did the studio. Although we are supposedly getting a Justin Lin-directed sequel next in, in 2018. Really? Supposedly that's still coming. I, can, I always pull for Universal because <laughs> I, like they always they do release interesting things yeah. a lot of the time, too. Like They still they still release horror movies in theaters. Yep. Um, they're the ones that put out Scott Pilgrim. And mm-hmm. so like any time that they try to get a franchise going, I say go for it. Yeah. Especially Bourne. Is, Bourne's pretty good, too. I, I mean, as yeah. a whole, I think... I think the hit rate's been pretty good on him. Yeah. Um, uh, but I will say, uh, I believe the first episode of this podcast was the birth of the phrase in a post-Haywire world. Uh, <laughs> and that was me saying that I don't know how much I value Born after seeing Haywire. Uh, and I really wanted to rewatch Haywire yeah. this weekend in order to be able to talk about that a little bit more. But maybe that's something that we'll save for another podcast. I didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, so... Jason Bourne. Yes. Uh, Tim, what did you think of the film? I liked it. I think I've decided. Um, <laughs> coming out of it, I just kind of... I wasn't sure how I felt because it's really... It's even slighter than Ultimatum. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot going on plot-wise here, yeah. I don't think. Um, and anything that is is kind of window dressing and never really um, plays into it. But here's the thing. Here's what I liked about it. 
in a weird way is it's uh, it's kind of turning this is the first time where i thought it turned into the bond franchise a little yeah. bit yeah where there are scenes here like there's jason born in a crowded street like during a riot and like he's got to get through that there's jason born in a giant car chase so there's another one to check off there is there is the asset <laughs> Which is always yep. big in the board movies. Uh, <laughs> there's a kind of a sniper scene. There's not a real big hand to hand combat scene here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I mostly agree with that. There, not, yeah. as, not as much of a flourish in this movie as it is in the other ones. No, people talk about the time that Jason Bourne like basically killed a man with a magazine. Right. I don't. They try and hit that in a few spots, but it doesn't really happen here for Can me. I, <laughs> A quick aside here, yeah, because uh, it's it kind of fits in a Jack Reacher trailer. Yeah, they go, um, heard you like there's a dent in this table. Like I heard you smash a guy's head. Into it heard it's from you. And I sat there going, like, can we? Can our government not afford new tables? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, the things are dire times. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, Would you rather a new table or a bulletproof vest for a soldier <laughs> out there? Anyway, that's sorry. a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um, Chemtrails. Anyway. <laughs> so back to Born. So yeah, this is the first one where I that's went. our Born podcast. Back to Born. Be- oh my god. B two B. Oh my god. Where this is happening? Anyway, please continue. B two B business to business. <laughs> um, where did I go? So yeah, like the Bond franchise, there's all these different check marks that they've decided. Yeah. That they have to hit this time. And you can tell it's kind of it's kind of like when Connery came back to Bond in a way where it's just like, oh, I, they're giving me money. The studio wants me back. <laughs> this, the Lazenby fella didn't work out. Neither did the Renner one. So, um, so let's do it. Um, but I can't fault. Everybody gives a good performance in this. Yeah. I think I'm the biggest Paul Greengrass fan on the uh, podcast. I yeah, I'm, I'm a bigger out. fan of Paul Bluegrass. <laughs> Oh man! Go back, go back to, back to that. that go back to one of our finest episodes. I like the Captain Phillips one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a really yeah. good one. Um, so uh, yeah, I would you. Uh, yeah, you're probably the biggest Paul Greengrass uh, fan. Yeah, are you? I'm. A, I, I was until Haywire came out. <laughs> and I say that with a hundred percent seriousness. I should say I laugh, but I really like Haywire too. Yeah, yeah. So, um. So, and I thought he was, I thought he's good here. I think he toned down the shakiness a little. I think so too. Yeah. Which, yeah. So, I mean, the shaky, the shaky cam with Greengrass has never bothered me though, mm-hmm. because I think he, I think he does it well, if that makes any sense. I mean, I'd rather he not do it. I'd rather nobody do it, but I think <laughs> I get why he does it and I think it works for yeah. him. Um, there are other directors that try to do it in the same way and you could, it, like, it just feels like they're. Masking the fact that they're after can punch. That's um, and the, yeah. Then that that never felt like it until parts of this movie where Bourne just dispatches people in like two seconds. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Matt David did one. Well, and I think some of that too is born out of <laughs> born out of the the fact that they didn't have a script when doing like supremacy and stuff like that. Right. Just the idea of like we don't have time to choreograph a fight basically is is where I assumed that that came out of in some instances as well. Right. So, um, so yeah. Um, Cause it's never been like, I don't feel like Matt Damon could pull off a fight cause exactly, we know yeah. he can, mm-hmm. but, uh, no, I gotcha. But yeah. yeah, please. Oh no, I'll just sum it up. Like I'll wrap it up. Um, I've, I liked it. I didn't love it. It's my least favorite of the Damon ones. Yeah. I haven't seen, I actually haven't seen the Jeremy Renner run. It's not cause like I'm opposed to it. It's just cause I, it came out and then I forgot Yep, it existed until this one. Yep. Um, 
but it's just there's not much going on and there are some I'm trying to, there are some like some strange conveniences and the the Tommy Lee stuff never really worked for me the Tommy Lee and the um the tech guy Resemed Re- uh God, what's his name in the movie? What's his I don't name know. in the movie? Yeah. Uh, Aaron Kalur. That stuff never ties together. Mark it's, Zuckerberg. Yeah. It's just gotten, it, the invasion of privacy stuff, for me, it's gotten to the point where, like, I watch it and go, oh, that's great, guys. Like, why are we doing They're already invading our privacy. Yeah. Like, what's the point now? This is, we your, live, yeah. your message falls on deaf ears already. <laughs> like, we've lost this battle, guys. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it's a bummer. Yeah. But what can you do? Um, so like this, it this just kind of felt like them going, oh, what do we do for like a underlying plot? Oh, invasion of privacy. Like let's just do that. Yeah, it's so. kind. Of, that, I guess that's kind of one of the. <sighs> Did they really have anything like that in the previous Borns? Other than the idea of like you know government having weapons and assets. I like, was gonna. Yeah, I think it feels weird that I guess this is the first time because all the previous Born films. Jay, uh, Matt Damon and Jason Bourne films are about Bourne learning more about himself right. than he thought was there. Obviously, mm-hmm. when you don't have your identity, you don't. It's hard to get a full picture of you, and so it kind of works that each of them is a newer entry and revealing more about the picture. And we get to Ultimatum, and we feel like we've learned everything about Jason right. Bourne, but they kind of uh, manage to give another morsel in this movie but it feels like it's not enough so they have to put the invasion of privacy stuff in there yeah and so it feels like neither of those topics are done very well but and the morsel is kind of what i meant by like the contrivances and the conveniences because i thought it was really really um we'll get into it in the spoilers but i just thought really like what a small universe this is now Uh, Uh, yeah i was i i I don't want to say that i was okay with it but it was kind it didn't bother me as much because it's kind of a retcon. Not, it's not even a retcon because it's just information we didn't really know anything right. about previously. So those gaps were there for them to fill them in, but I don't like the way that they filled them in. Right. Um, and as you said, I think everybody does a great job. The uh, the score, I think, is still fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've always liked the score in Bourne films. And uh, even, like, I started getting goosebumps when you sit down to this movie and that Jason Bourne theme kicks in. I'm kind of like, oh, that's right. Jason Bourne has a theme. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know that I knew that. And that worked for me on some level. But all in all, it just kind of feels like I need, if Jason Bourne as a character is, is going to continue on, I want it to be less about him. I think I think he had his story in those three movies, and I don't know how much it is worth to keep filling in the backstory and making him more and more contrived and complicated, as as you kind of said. So I think uh, something we said after the movie is maybe Jason Bourne's got to become Jack Reacher. Like, maybe he's just a one-off guy helping somebody out with something in the way that, like, Mad Max is, too. Or... Um, even more so, that's what I was hoping we were going to get with the Born Legacy. Was like I wanted it to be that government op gone wrong team up of people who want to tear down the system. Like that's what I was hoping we would get towards. Like maybe it's Born helping these other assets, quote unquote, learn more about themselves and taking down. Like I don't know what worth that is, and I think it's it needs a couple more bakes in the in the mm-hmm. oven, but um. Yeah, I just I don't think uh I don't think Bourne's story itself has enough left there for it to be worth a movie. Right. 
Um, so I think all in all, if you're a fan of the Bourne franchise, you might have a little bit of fun with this movie, but it's not something that I would rush out to see. No, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan, yes, and I think there, I think there've been worse movies this summer. Yeah. So, oh no, I as a summer movie, I I thought this is pretty good popcorn. Yeah, movie. yeah, um, and I I don't like there was no part of me that was like bored during right. the movie. Yeah, um, it moves. It, it definitely has that pacing that Bourne movies mm-hmm. do, and that's good. Um, I think Alicia Vikander's great. I do too. I liked some of the complexity that they added to her character, mm-hmm. although in the end, I don't know where it's going. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, like that, I don't know yeah. if you want to talk about spoilers really quick. We can do, do you it do quick. It? Okay. Okay. Yeah, just quick because so, there's one I wanted to talk about. All right, we we won't put a full spoiler break in here, but I'm going to give you ten seconds to uh, to pause or skip ahead. Look at the show notes and skip ahead to when we're going to talk about Stranger Things because we will go back out of spoiler territory for that. So here we go: ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Two, one. Here we are in spoiler territory for Jason Bourne. Um, yeah, I I kind of told you after the movie I was interested in like, oh, what would it mean for Jason Bourne to work for the CIA again? Yeah, I think that's interesting, but I feel like the movie blows that away, kind of. Mm-hmm. With obviously with Jason realizing that she's trying to play both sides, so I like that we don't really purely know where she falls. Right. Like, in the end of the movie, she may or may not really believe that she needs to... She can get Jason Bourne back and turn him into an asset again. Or if she's like, maybe I can use Jason Bourne to tear down the establishment that's there. Right. We kind of... I feel like that's something we would learn in the next one. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, where she falls on that on that dial. But uh, So, I like that. But in a way, I think I need more from it to really yeah. decide. No, I agree with you. Um, yeah. yeah, I like the ending with her. I like where it left her. Yeah. Um, I thought it was an interesting... I thought I thought she was an interesting character. I liked Absolutely. her quite a bit. Um, the spoiler I wanted to talk about was kind of in line with... Um, they killed Julia Stiles yeah. early on in the movie. And I was okay with it. It reminded me of the second one. The second one's where they kill... Um, his girlfriend, right? Yep. Frank Potent. Is that yeah, Frank Potent. It? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yep. <laughs> so it kind Frank of Frank Potent. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So it kind of goes into. I thought it would go into more of a straight up revenge picture, like oh. um, born hunting down the asset yeah. and then leading it to something bigger. And I think I probably would have been okay with that. Something yeah. just kind of leaner. It's kind of what I wanted from the uh, the fast movies in a way where. But then I see pictures from the new Fast movie, and I'm like, oh, my You're like, God. no, okay. Keep this doing, is good. Keep don't listen to me ever. Um, but, but I was kind of... You kinda, got it, F. Gary Gray. <laughs> so I was kind of like, like, let's go like leaner, because the Bourne story, I, I'm kind of with you. It's kind of done for me. Yeah. I don't have... I don't think there's much more to go. It's just all about moving forward But now. So what you're saying is that they turn him into John Wick, then... Basically. Yeah. It's weird. It's like there's not... like there, I feel like we've gotten to the point where we've got like James Bond, John Wick, Jack mm-hmm. Reacher, all these J names. Yeah. It's only J <laughs> names. But uh, Michael Clayton... No, I'm just kidding. But... Alex Cross. <laughs> yeah, Alex Cross. Uh, we've gotten these uh, these franchises that understand how to do the kind of like one-off story about 
this person who we come to know. Like it could be Jason Bourne. Like is all the things of him grabbing. Like he grabs that slot machine handle off. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what he does with that. And then he just opens oh, up a stupid thank you so elevator much for panel. I was like, what the hell? I like, thought he was going to be everybody. He was going to dismantle that. a room full of people with that thing, and it just ends up opening up a panel. Which you know what? He's resourceful. Resourceful. That's fine, but. I guess the only other thing like that that I really noticed that we got after, you know, that I really remember getting. I liked the fact that he disarms the 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 knife fight with a coffee can. Yeah. That was cool to me. But it wasn't the whole magazine fight, in, in my opinion, no. you know. Um, but I feel like we have these Jason Bourne tropes that we could fit into these other stories uh, that I think would be fun to see him go in that direction if you're going to continue going with him. Mm-hmm. And that would kind of give real diehard Bourne fans could be like, oh, this isn't a Bourne movie, and then whatever, they don't have to see it anymore. But if it's still a fun popcorn movie and it and the story logically all makes sense, then I'd, I'd be happy with that, and I would want to see more of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at, too. So, so it's yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's, it was yeah. an interesting thing for them to try and do. I was always curious if they were going to come back to the franchise because that was kind of a big question mark. That like, if we had a good story, we'll do it. And I don't feel like they had the good story. I no. think it was just like, oh, the Jeremy Renner thing didn't totally work out, so let's <laughs> juice it up a little more and then try it again. Right. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, and they threw enough money at him, I'm sure, yeah. to get the whole band back together. Yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones came in. By the way, have you seen Tommy Lee Jones from uh, The Mechanic? Yeah. No. Okay. Everybody, uh, take a break. Don't take a break. Keep listening. Just yeah. type it. Just Google search Tommy Lee Jones, the mechanic uh, sequel. Is this that Ben the, Foster, the mechanic? Yeah, this is the one, the Statham one. Oh, Statham. Here's yeah. here's what he looks like. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Ticket sold, I guess. Right, right. And so he's he looks kind of like an aging like he kind of looks like uh, David Carradine a little that's, bit. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> So, he looked really rough in this movie. He did. He did it. Um, he's still he's still Tommy Lee Jones. Like it's still fun to watch him. But yeah, he I, still puts in a great performance. Yeah, I still love Tommy Lee Jones, but he just kind of yeah. he looks tired. Ben Foster is in the original mechanic. Is he so, okay? Yeah. So, I actually I'm not totally crazy. That's a state but, of the movie. I've not I have not had the pleasure. Yeah. Um, but I do want to touch on the. Uh, the Vincent Castle? Yeah, Vincent Cassell. His, Vincent Cassell. His rampage through Las Vegas. Oh, my God. He tears apart Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, he killed. So this is the movie, the Bourne movie with the highest body count. Exactly. <laughs> that was where I went, oh, Bourne, what are you doing? Yeah, there's like, a total disregard for human life here <laughs> that Jason Bourne never had. Bourne, yeah, Bourne kind of turns into like, I hit like a superhero. Yeah. That, like, that's how little regard he has for other yeah. people <laughs> in this. Um but no, he's just taking everybody out in Las Vegas. But it's kind of fun to watch. So I, and by that point, I think I wasn't like I just knew what I was getting with the movie. So yeah. I was like, "Yeah, do that." So. <laughs> You're like, "Okay, all yeah. right, we're already this far." Yeah. So it is a good. I mean, that's the thing is, um, the talent shines through. It's not like it's bad in any. It's just I think Vincent Cassell's a really good born I do foil, too. Like, I do too. foil. But you know, like the Carl Urban's and the and the. Uh, 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 Clive Owen, Clive Owens mm-hmm. of of this franchise. I think Vincent Cassell really fits in there, and I think even he brings like because they needed a little bit more in the story. I think he brings a lot to the role, right? In terms of being that ghost from Bourne's past that he didn't even know was there, but yeah, you know, yeah, waste of Greg Henry. 
<laughs> I love that. <laughs> Me too. I don't. I don't I, know really, why. The, I just really do. The first few shots of him, I'm like, is that Greg Henry? Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh man, is Greg Henry in this movie? And I got so excited, <laughs> and then I was like, what the hell? I mean, I appreciate that Greengrass obviously has a good a good taste to put yeah. Greg Henry in a film, but I it, I feel like he was cut out at points. Yeah, <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I mean, I want to know what else was you know. I feel like the people would have liked it more. Yeah. I think in a post-Haywire world. <laughs> Even if there was like Greg Henry interacting with Tommy Lee Jones in the past of right. like what was going on there. If if he was around then or maybe if it was Does even he... like Albert Finney or those people from the other movies like that we know were around at that time. Does he speak? In this one? Greg Henry, does he have... He's got he like lines? a few lines of being Okay, because like, him and Bourne... I had to make a choice. And, yeah, him and there's like flashes of him and Bourne at a table, yep, right? Okay, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think they could have done a little bit more there, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. More kinda... people give jobs to Greg Henry because, geez, <laughs> I hope I'm getting his name right. You are. Okay, good. Yep. Yeah. What, God, What? what is the thing that I like... He's in one episode of Firefly. He's in an episode of Firefly. He's in, I think he's, he's in, in Gilmore Girls at some point. I that's think he, I beautiful. Think you're in for some Gilmore fast Girls. forward he, to that. He's amazing in Slither. Slither, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, man, if you don't know who Greg Henry is, don't stop. Just go and Google search <laughs> and then appreciate everything that you've seen him in. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know how much there else is to say about Jason Bourne. No. Uh, but yeah, yeah I'm know. okay with it hitting like it's, I'm okay with it turning into a Bond franchise and just oh, hitting the check marks. But I, I hope I, it's story. I did want to say if they do continue like hinging these oh, yeah. stories on Jason Jason Bourne, I can't wait for the one where they like turn out like it wasn't just your father or you weren't just being observed, but you were actually created in your mother's womb to oh be a God. CIA. Like they got, if they're, <laughs> if they're going to keep going down that line, they got to abstract it down to that. Where like, he's actually a lab experiment. I'm, I'm for that. Yeah. Maybe they could bring back Franca Potent. Too, yeah. That'd somehow. be good. Yeah. That'd be good. She's the villain of the next one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like I do. I was there for you. Like I raised you all. On. <laughs> you're my, you're my child. Let's bring some time travel into the Jason Bourne franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, Tim, thank you. Uh, I think you're probably leaving for the Stranger Things part of this podcast. I will watch it, though. Yes, you should. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. See you next week. Oh, you will. <laughs> Suicide Squad, baby. <laughs> yes. It's going to be good. It's going to Look forward to that tease. And uh, we'll be right back with our with our discussion of Stranger Things. Welcome back to the current timeline. Here we are. Here with Nick and Willie again. We're going to talk about the Duffer Brothers Stranger Things, now available on Netflix. The IMDb synopsis says, When a young boy disappears, his mother, a police chief, and his friends must confront terrifying forces in order to get him back. Uh, This TV show thing stars Winona Ryder, David Harbour, Finn Wolfhard, Millie Bobby Brown, Gaten Metzazaro, Caleb McLaughlin, and more. Um... Yeah, so this came up on Netflix uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, out of the middle, like out of nowhere. It I just think kind of appeared. Some people were aware it was coming, but there wasn't too much fanfare about it, as far as I could see on the internet, until it hit and people started watching it. Um, but that's kind of awesome that Netflix can just release a show and automatically gets eyes on it. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, very much, Willie talked about it 
a couple weeks ago and I kind of said a few things about it just in terms of it's uh, kind of harkens back to the 80s and Stephen King called it like watching Stephen King's greatest hits and and that kind of thing so it's it's <laughs> it's kind of uh it's of the time of the 80s it very much feels like an 80s kind of uh-huh. uh supernatural thriller kind of thing and so uh it's it's right in our wheelhouse i would say so uh overall who wants to start what did you think of stranger things i'll start willie um right out of the gate i was hooked yep yep instantly um the the title card is incredible. The musical cue is incredible. Yep. All the music in the show is it's exactly the kind of stuff I love. That synthy Vangelis ish. Car- Carpenter Vangelis, that that eighties electronic, you know, the stuff that's popular now that was way ahead of its time back when <laughs> yeah. it was first starting. Um like a dash it. of like Italian horror. A little bit of that in there. And- yep. Some of that some of the little bit of goblin in there maybe. Yep. Um no, it, I, so right out of the gate I was like, okay, I'm into this. And I'm on that Stephen King kick right now. So it was weird that this show came around when Every time it did. you say that I want to go King Kick. King Kick. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Like it's a fighting game move. <laughs> Stephen King in a fighting game. Um he throws copies of the stand at you. It's <laughs> the most brutal move ever. Um so that the the timing was kind of weird and and fun. Um <clears throat> it does borrow a lot from King's works. Not directly, but there's a lot of it mm-hmm. in this show. Um it, which is funny because one of the lead kids um Finn Wolfhard who plays kind of the lead, the lead kid that's not Will. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> um Mike, yes. Uh he's going to be in it. <laughs> um, awesome. Which is kind of funny. Uh anyway, but oh, yeah, it, right so it pulls a lot from from it. Um, it pulls a little bit from the mist. Um, it pulls a little bit from, um, Carrie, uh, Firestarter. I mean, a lot of the King's early stuff. It really, there's a lot of notes of that stuff in there. Um, it also feels a lot like, uh, Steven Spielberg produced Anne Boleyn Entertainment film from the eighties, which is very interesting to me because there's a lot of talk about how television is the go-to source for creativity now that um, writers and directors used to fear being demoted to television. Yeah. And now they all kind of want to go to television. Kind of. Now they all want to go to, to yeah. television. Um, look at Neil Marshall. The guy's been more successful doing TV stuff than he ever was doing films. Yeah. Um, and I find it funny because there's a lot of attempts. There's been a lot of attempts in the last five to 10 years to recapture the magic of the Amblin entertainment age. Yep. And I think most of them have been unsuccessful. I would argue that all of them have been unsuccessful in truly capturing that. I think the closest was Super 8. Yeah, J.J. Abrams directed Super 8. But I think I don't think Super 8 captured it enough. Um, it's more of an homage than it is its like own thing in that vein. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it feels like yeah, it feels like it's trying too hard sometimes yep. for me. This I find it funny that a TV show is the first one in this entire wave of people trying to do this to actually succeed. Yeah. Um, and I think it proves that TV is right now is the superior form, at least I think of, of, of media, you yeah. know, um, it gives me those feelings that I felt watching movies like ET poltergeist, uh, all that stuff. The kids in this are f- amazing. Yeah. Phenomenal. They're the standouts. I mean, the adults are great too. Uh, Winona Ryder is, is actually, I'm not a huge Winona Ryder fan. I'll admit that first and foremost, but She's pretty watchable in this, actually. She plays a good, like, damaged woman in yeah. this. 
Um, and who plays the um, the sheriff? David Harbour. David Harbour. Awesome. Yeah. I've seen him in other fantastic. stuff, but he's awesome in this. Um, so keep him around. Um, but the kids are really the standouts here. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, it's, I think I said it last, last time we talked about Stranger Things, but it is very much, it's an Amblin Entertainment produced based on a Stephen King book directed by John Carpenter. Yeah. That's, that's what this is. And for added effect, um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> I'm forgetting names. Matthew Modine. Yeah. Is in this. And he plays the bas- beautiful he helmet of hair. Plays, basically plays David Cronenberg. And it's the best. <laughs> yeah, he looks yeah. like David Cronenberg. He kind of acts like his mannerisms. It's awesome. So, um, look, this show has its moments where it does stumble like any show, even though, you know, it's eight episodes. So it doesn't have too many opportunities to do it. Yeah. There's a few moments that I was like, yeah, it's a little goofy or, or I could have done without, that subplot being lingered on as long as it is. But none of that. These are, honestly, it's all nitpicks. Yeah. For me to sit here and be overly critical of it would just be me finding little things that I didn't like. And uh, quite frankly, I'd rather just enjoy it because I think it's very, very good. So, All right. Yeah. Nick, what did you think of Stranger Things? I loved it. It did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be our new slogan. <laughs> yeah. That's Nick's character poster. <laughs> the, it did it for not Tim's. Yeah, that's Tim's. Yeah. No, it'd be me. <laughs> I'm the one who said yeah. that. Yeah, you initiated it. Yeah. Um, Disgusting human being. <laughs> I think it's probably the best Netflix original. Uh, I think I liked it better than the Marvel stuff. I actually, it's it's funny because I, when Willie said that, I really can't think of anything I didn't like about it. I think I liked everything it did. Like I. And I I spread it out too. I didn't even binge it, which is also unusual. But I I can't think of any like subplot or anything that I didn't it gain some satisfaction out of, or at least saw the purpose of. That mm-hmm. could be where some of my issues came from. Just out front, the same thing that Gojo kind of had with Daredevil, where it was like maybe watching it that quickly was can can hurt it a little yeah. bit. It does things to your brain. <laughs> no, it, it, it eight hours of of the same story. Yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah, why am I the only one like Terrence Malick? Because that's basically <laughs> what you're in for is like three and a half hours of the same. No, uh, it's it's just excellent. I like like Willie said, I was the same. I hadn't even heard of it. I had yeah. I must have not been here when you guys talked about it because I I uh, I hadn't heard anything about it or even heard the name. Yeah, I think Tim was on that episode and it had just come out that that Friday. I think I I had. When we record that, we record when I record that the Tuesday after it came out. Yeah. Right? I had already watched. All yeah, of you had already seen it all, and I had heard a lot of things on Twitter about people saying it was fantastic. I think but... I started it like a week and a half after it aired, or maybe a week, because I saw the the little just the poster on Netflix, and yeah. I, right away I was like, "That's cool." Yep. It had a Drew Struzan look yep. about yeah. it. Yeah, totally. Well, well, there was that poster that like has got to be Drew Struzan. Yeah, and then there's but there's the other one of just the three boys and the bike. Yeah, and I saw that, and I saw the font like the typeface, and I was like. That's awesome looking. Like I was the finest one drew me in initially, and I was like, "What is this?" And then I, I like saw like the the boy disappears, and so I was like, that "Sounds cool." Then I added it, and I don't know what what you know. Just one day, I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna watch Let's try this." It out. And yeah, and I was, I mean like minute within minutes, not even minutes. Like uh, within a minute, I was like, "This is cool." Like the kids are all great. <laughs> the episode ended, and you looked up and went, <gasps> "Yeah, basically." Back in. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched the first two. And then the next day I was watching them with my girlfriend or she was kind of like, I was like, you want to watch this show with me? And she's like, I don't know. What's it about? And I was kind of trying to describe it. And I started episode three and then I was just watching it. I glanced over at her and she was just like, 
Mm-hmm. She was off her iPad and she was watching. And so I, I went back. I, I gave her the cliff notes of episodes one and two to kind of catch her up. And then, uh, and then we watched, yeah, she, we watched three through six that day. And uh, then we watched the last two over the next two or three days. We spread them out. And uh, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I have, I was captivated from top to bottom. I think the acting is, is just excellent. The music is incredible. That's my favorite piece of like non-popular music since the theme from The Wolf Among Us, which is like they're kind of the same and they're super similar. But I mean, I was like, I found the YouTube. Of course, somebody made it loop for like an hour, and mm-hmm. I listened to it for like an hour while I was working because I was like, it's just so great. And uh, they did an amazing job looping it. But anyway, it's just everything about it is so good. I can't hone in on one thing. I really want to talk too much about. I think that the it all is very it all feels very familiar and borrowed but not in an offensive way like mm-hmm. this feels this feels more like an like super eight felt stolen like it didn't feel like it was authored with 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 the original content in mind it felt like they set out to like create almost a pastiche of something like it was it didn't feel like original really if okay. that makes any sense and this felt original, but heavily, you know, you can you can count the influences, you know, on both your hands. But it feels like an original story. It feels you can like see a, the influences in the posters of the kids' bedroom. Yeah, 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 which is, <laughs> which great. is great. Yeah, you can see it in the font of the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. And but, but it feels like this this interesting thing that really draws you in. Uh, the acting is just so good. I thought everybody was awesome, and I like that all of the characters, for the most part, are very smart. Like these are reasonable. They're all, they're not these like country bumpkin morons from like the Midwest. Like people love to talk about. Like they're all, <laughs> they're all pretty rational human beings, and they all make like interesting, quick choices, and they figure things out and they learn, yeah, quickly. And that's awesome. Like in a scary, you know, it's it. I guess you could classify it as horror. It's it's a supernatural yeah. thriller, mystery movie, or you know, tale horror drama comedy. Yeah. Itty. And it's very it, funny as well. Yeah. It is it is funny, yeah. Dustin. Dustin's <laughs> great. Incredible. Yeah. All the boys are so good. Uh the, all the characters are, are cool and they feel they feel original and they feel like their own characters. Like someone can say Mike from Stranger Things and I'd be like, that's a character. Yep. And Dustin from Stranger Things, he's not just like a chunk copy. He's not a CC a <laughs> copy of chunk. <laughs> And, uh, is that what it means on an email? No, yeah, no, no, exactly. Sorry. A chunk copy. Yeah, and everybody feels like their own. They're all tropes, but they all feel like they've been injected with enough originality that they're these wonderful three-dimensional characters, and they're all good. Like Nancy Wheeler is a good Nancy's character. Nancy's a fantastic character. Yeah, her parents are good characters. Mm-hmm. Like the well, <laughs> her, her dad's a little one. Her dad's but great. He's yeah, he's yeah, he's just this really re- bizarre character. And As disconnected from reality. Yes, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. And uh, Chief Jim Hopper is by and far my favorite character. He's mm-hmm. so he's so <laughs> glorious. And he actually is another title. He reminds me so much of the, the lead from The Wolf Among Us. Who's the? Mm-hmm. He, I was like, if they Big were to B. make a movie, he would play Bigby, and he'd be perfect. But he's this weird hybrid of Mandy Patinkin and Jack Nicholson. Like, there's so many <laughs> scenes where Kim Kim even said she was like, he looks like the man, the guy from Dead Like Me, and I was like, this is Mandy Patinkin. Like, he yeah. looks he looks a lot like me. He makes these faces. He makes these weird mugs sometimes where he's like, 
he was thinking about things, and I was yeah. like, that's really funny. He reminds me of Peter Sarsgaard for some reason. I don't know why. I look at him like, oh, he looks I can kinda see like, a little bit He looks kind of like, like a manlier version of Peter Sarsgaard. <laughs> but the thing that I love is like I, the only actor in this that I know is Winona Ryder. Yeah. And she's not, you know, a triple-A you know, talent anymore, but she does, she does well. And she was the, actually the only one that I was a little critical of early on because she's such a spaz. And I was kind of like, I thought she was overacting at first. I was like, okay, this is just swinging so hard. But then I realized like, that's just the way that Joyce is. She, it, she grates on me a lot, but I think that's just the fact of that. Like I, one of the things that I remember, uh, Jeff Kanata talked about this briefly on the Slash Filmcast. He's like, I know Joyce Byers. I have met that woman before. Right. And I was like, God, do those people really exist? And like, like after Definitely. watching the show, I was like, do those people exist? And then I just kind of realized that my reaction to her is just genuinely how I would feel around somebody that is just going that off the handle at the situation, which is... Probably a completely realistic Dude, reaction. About, for think a about lot some of the people. people we used to have at Family Video. Absolutely, like, those people. That's and everything. Everybody in this feels like a real person. Yes. They feel like they're all possible, yeah. and that's that's great. And uh, it's just the original music is great. The source music is so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. the production value is just phenomenal. It feels like the '80s, but doesn't feel cheap or dated. The effects are cool. Uh, the way. The story unfurls is very interesting. It doesn't leave you waiting forever. You know, you don't get this information dump in episode eight or seven. Like yeah. you get answers. There's a there's a you know there's a call and answer effect to you know as questions come up they get answered for you and for characters, which is satisfying. Uh, it's really rewarding watching this and watching the characters. Certain characters start to piece together what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's very satisfying because like again it and it kind of calls back to what I was saying about in horror movies about characters kind of being stupid like these. Frequently, they're just left in the dark. They don't get the information they need to be uh, relatable characters. And these ones, they're they're actively engaged in what's going on, and they're and they're probing things, and they're and they're testing, and they're asking questions, and they're they're learning from that. And it's just really fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I just can't say enough good things about it. I think it's really great. And uh, I'll save my other some spoilery stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, enjoyed this show quite a bit. This is probably my number. Two or three TV intro behind Halt and Catch Fire because God, that's beautiful. You know what? Yeah, I can't. I've Halt. only seen the one season of Halt so far. Halt so. and Catch Fire. That that title sequence, which is the same in season two. I oh, think, you're just talking about the titles? Just the title oh, okay. sequence. That that title sequence. The imagery behind it, like the Stranger Things one, is cool. Mm. But I feel like the imagery of Halt and Catch Fire combined with the beautiful music that the Stranger there, Things one because it's like the OG Terminator credits. Which is like one of my all-time favorite credit sequences. Like that, that alone like tickled me. I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is so awesome!" Yeah, but enough about title sequences, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, title it's sequ- so good. I mean, that that would be an interesting segment for another episode. Is like fake because title sequences great are title really sequences. important. Yeah, and they can they can really set. It. I mean, like I said, the one for Terminator. I will never forget the first time I saw the Terminator yeah. and I saw those titles, and I was like, "This is so cool." Mm-hmm. And you know, Star Wars. I mean, it's the most famous title sequence of, of all time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there isn't a whole lot that I dislike about this show. Uh, I think it's very finely crafted, especially as a Netflix show, seeing as how I think almost every single episode ends on something where you're like, God, I got to put on the next one. See, that's funny. I didn't feel that way about some episodes. Yes. But in general, it wasn't like lost where they would drop something on the other. Yeah. And and then just hit you with the title and you're like, oh, well now I got to watch another one. I think it's just, it's not necessarily, it didn't feel like baiting in a lot of situations, but it wasn't, and it it wasn't like, 
it's not cliffhanger. It's the somebody learns something, and I immediately want to see what the fallout of learning that is. It's a different beast than just what's going to happen next. Clickbait it's, for the next episode. Yeah, okay. it's it's yeah. it's something totally different than that. I, okay, to me. I, agree. I agree. Yeah, you're hungry for more story. Absolutely, it's, it's and, and, and yeah. it's not it's not just like a it's, it's like not, reading a good book. It's the difference <laughs> between like a jump scare and legitimately being scared about something. I am actively interested in what's going on now, and not just oh, you've piqued my interest with one quick hit. And what was great about the way that a lot of these would end was I did want to know, but I actually like was savoring you wanted to digest yeah them. and yeah. i and i was savoring like turning it over in my head like thinking about what i learned and i loved the fact that we got to watch this so early before there were a lot of articles and a lot of spoilers yeah. because i had time to kind of like roll it over in my head and kind of be like wow so what was that like and like and look forward to the next night it's like when you read when you're reading a book like willie said and you, and you reach the end of a cool chapter and you put you put the book down for the night because you got to go to bed and you're just like i can't wait to pick that up again tomorrow and see like that Oh, it's just excellent. I feel like Daredevil makes me keep watching it. Yeah. But it's not as compelling. I just want to get to like better stuff, I feel <laughs> like. And with this, all of it was so good mm-hmm. that uh, if it, and it I, I do remember there was a point where I felt like the momentum hiccuped for a second, but it, it, it's not even enough to be on my radar right now. Like, I don't. Yeah. I think, I think there are some, like, if I were to really sit down and, and analyze it episode by episode, I think there'd be areas where I'm like, some fat could have been trimmed or or we could have pushed things along a little bit but it's not, it was never enough to really like bother me or anything like that so yeah. but yeah i i don't really know if i have that much more to say about it i i think it's it's fantastic especially as somebody who doesn't necessarily have a ton of fondness for stephen king and his work and even like i could know a lot more about spielberg than i currently do but this still somehow hits those same like centers in my brain you feel it in yeah and your, you're you're like oh your, my god core. i have this nostalgia that yeah. i don't actually it's, yeah. it's really interesting it's it's funny it's i liken it to there's certain there are certain companies or people or teams whatever creative groups or individuals that they just have a certain thing about them that even if you're not super well versed in them they there's a certain feeling you get from a work of theirs that it Disney. Yeah. There's a there's a feeling of uh, when you watch a Disney movie, specifically a cartoon, there's a certain feeling you get. Even in the ones that aren't your favorites, there's a certain feeling and a magic you feel from the Disney from Disney movies. Yeah. Nintendo video games. Yep. There's a, even if even in their weaker video games, there's a certain magic to the Nintendo. Like you feel it. It's an, mm-hmm. an indescribable thing. And I feel like it's that that's that same way with Spielberg movies um, and with Stephen King books. It's even even the ones that aren't the best. You still have that. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. this is tone, the good. Yeah. This is a good feel. I feel I feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was just reading something about that on Reddit. People were talking about a director's tone, and they were asking like, who is your who is your? It was a question. I don't know if it was on True Film or something like that, but it was like, who is your favorite director for their tone or something like that? And they hmm. said it may not even be like your your favorite director or your, but like who who do you have that like? Yeah, it's like that. It's like a sensory thing with like yeah. Spielberg. You know when you're watching a Spielberg movie. Yeah, and uh, and that that's remarkable. I mean, that's when because there are a lot of great directors that don't have that strong of a tone. You know? Yeah. There's the well, and that's something that we've talked about a little bit before. Is like the. Or their some, tone varies. In some, for some stories, it, feel as, it feels as though the director that they really need is somebody who can stand out of the way and, and make that, that source material come through to you and just kind of come to life on the screen and they don't have to put their stamp on it. But there are some people that even 
put their stamp on it and it feels like their creation and and mm-hmm. they have that kind of intangible right feeling of their work I, th- I think the Marvel movies are a great example of that. Yeah. Of, of there are certain Marvel movies that feel like it's, it, I don't want to say hired gun because it's not fair, but they feel like for whatever reason, Marvel or pe- the people in charge decide this is a person we're going to hire because yeah. we want them to step back a little bit and let us tell our story through them. Whereas thing you get like a guardians of the galaxy and you're like, well, it's very much James a James Gunn, Gunn movie. Iron like Man he, three is definitely it's very Shane much Black. a Shane Black movie. So I think right. it's, I, 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 yeah, I think that's a good example of that yeah. situation. So, but, all right, I think we can get into the spoiler Terry. So uh, we will be right back after the break with some spoiler Terry for Stranger Things. Please do not listen to yeah. this. Yeah, John, don't do it. John, don't listen this time. Don't listen, don't John. Don't do it. Turn back. Nah, it's not worth it. Honestly, you can cruise through this show. Watch the show yep. yeah. by all means. Hit stop right now. Go to the next episode of Welcome or Hello from the Magic Tavern that you know you want to listen to. This is just to John. And then <laughs> come back to this after you've watched the show. Please. Yeah. Otherwise, you're fired off of the, off of the Midwest. <gasps> anyway, we'll be right back. We heard what happened when Brian tried to open that one episode by himself. <laughs> you, yeah. Do you want that, John? <laughs> Is that the world you want to live in? Oh, boy. All right. We'll be back in Spoiler Terry. Welcome to the Upside Down, where we're going to discuss the spoilers of Stranger Things. Uh, so, I don't know if anybody particularly wants to start. I have a question. Yeah. What's your question? It's from the finale, though, so we could start earlier if we want. I, just get going. Let's get it started. Uh, well, we, we kind of f- find... Okay. <sighs> Is this how we should do this? Should we just ask questions? What are we going to do? Sure. That's fine. Go for right. it. Do you guys think Eleven's gone? Because we're getting a season two, no. <laughs> Do you think? I mean, what if she's? Could she? Could she be gone? Would you be satisfied I if would, she doesn't return, or if she does? I would be. I would. I think I would like season two more if she doesn't return. That ending is so beautiful. Yeah, there was some. There was some welling of the eyes in that in that bit. Her sacrificing herself to save them is just kind of like that's. I don't know. That's very meaningful. To she me. learned what friendship was. Yeah. yeah, and unless she knows something they don't, and she's able to, who knows? I would be cool with Eleven coming back under a couple of stipulations here. One, she comes back and she's different than we saw her last time, in some way, shape, or form, in terms of personality. I don't know what that'll be, but but you have to do something. I just realized that was Tron Legacy. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. Oh, yeah. 11 yeah. is Flynn, and yeah. But I yeah, mean, you, sorry. Have, you have to do something to make her come back a changed in some way, shape, or form. I would probably prefer she doesn't. I was just curious. Yeah, but no, I, and, I, and, I, and I think that's, that's actually a good one of my question. other, one of my lesser questions. My, one of my main questions is what is Hopper up to? What is going on when, when he gets into that car and then. That's kind of what suggests that Eleven isn't gone. Well, well that and he leaves the, the, he leaves the Egos yeah. for her in the woods. Leaving those, oh, I think, getting, is a... Getting in the car Well, yeah, he goes to after. leave. So he he tells them he'll cooperate under like uh, some conditions, and then we don't know what that is. And then after he's leaving the hospital, they come and pick him up. Yeah. And I was like, 
is Hopper like the man on the is he the man who continually ventures into the upside down to explore it? Like is he their their operative that because that's so awesome. If so, like, if he's just a bearded, grizzled, like, he lives on in the Upside Down primarily. Did, okay, and didn't... Oh, my uh, God. Didn't... <laughs> Hell Dimension Cop? Yeah. Didn't they... The guys at the police station a year later joke something about his wife, right? It's not a year later. Isn't it, like... A couple months or Yeah, something. it's a few yeah. months later. Or a month later. Maybe it's yeah, just a Yeah, I think it's only later. a month. Doesn't somebody it's in say Christmas. something it's about It's Christmas his, time. Yeah. I don't think so. God, I'll have to go back and check that. I don't. Out. I don't remember because it that. struck me as weird. Like it, the I way that he it makes was a, filmed, he makes a joke about one of their wives. I think maybe, maybe that's what it was. Because I, I felt like they were setting up that somehow he and and Joyce got married, and then he didn't Ew. show up to dinner. And I was like, okay, that's I'm okay with that. <laughs> but I, that was strange. I, don't I was know. just so intrigued by that because I was like, okay, he's gonna make some kind of deal with the devil. And and then it seems like he did, but we don't know. We have no idea what it is. Well, yeah, and, it but, could be as simple the, as them saying, like them having a meeting where they're like, "This is you're going to keep this thing under wraps." You know, who they don't have to further that next season. I hope they do, and I hope it's more interesting than that. But it was smart to do it that way, where he gets in the car and disappears because he could really go anywhere with. Well, because it, it was know? weird when they let him go. Like they found him in the lab, and then he wakes up in his trailer, and he's it's like been bugged and. I thought that was very bizarre, but I was waiting for that to come around in some way. Like he had a bomb put inside of him or something. You know, I, I expected some like some sort of sabotage. I kind of took it at its face of like they wanted him to think that he just binged on drugs. Like they thought that they he, could get him to he drank his way into a stupor. Yeah, because they too slick for there's that. Like, you can't keep a good cop down though. There's like pills and syringes. Yeah, on they really. The table yeah, when he when he wakes up there. So I that's kind of what I took it as, but. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, I, I I took the stipulation for it as him telling them where Eleven was, like kind of the condition of him. He didn't seem too wild on Eleven, too hot on Eleven. Like he was kind of, he was always looking at her very skeptically, and he was, he was very, like he didn't really like what she was about. Yeah, and and I I just kind of took that at like because because you're talking about the stipulations of him like of. Them getting to go, them getting to go, getting in and released, find the kid. And getting to go. Find I thought well. that it was a we will tell you where Eleven is if you know. Maybe you it is it. that simple, and I and I was thinking a little bit too because they. But they, the fact that he gets picked up by them outside of the hospital suggests that there's something more. I'm thinking going there's on. another condition. Yeah, yeah. That something's going on. But anyway, we don't need to focus too much on that. I would, I would, I would like to see her show back up, Eleven to show back up if. I, I hope it'd be like episode like five or six, like so where you're like. Most of the way through the season, and you're like, okay, she's gone. Yeah. And then you have her show up, and I, I, I think it'd be cool if, I mean, because she kind of just disappears, essentially. I mean, doesn't she just kind of... She she kind of disintegrates, right? Yeah, right. like she, she disintegrates the Demogorgon and, and... And herself. And herself. And I, I kind of took that as, wouldn't it be cool if we, the next time we see her, she spent a shit ton of time in, in the Upside Down? Like, maybe that was those two trans essentially poofing to the Upside Down. Because she's never spent any time there. It'd be interesting right. to see if her powers are somehow more tied to that than we realize. You know, if there's more of a that's where they a link there because yeah. they, they. I mean, the the what we can infer from the events of the show, and I love that it doesn't straight up just explain everything to you. That's great. Yeah. Um, but what we can infer by the events of the show, I think, is that just her psychic powers allowed her to communicate that far through into another dimension. Yeah. Fair enough. But I would, I think, it'd be cool to almost tie the two together, where maybe somehow her powers are derived from that. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in a way. I did go back and check really quick. Hopper says to one of the guys, like, he comes into the Christmas party to get food, and then the guys are like, we didn't think you'd show up, and then he's like, well, I couldn't get your wife to make me dinner or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so I was wrong. I saw. I, there was sorry. a wife comment. Yes, there was a wife comment. Wait, it was a classic Hopper. It wasn't, it wasn't classic a, Hopper zinger. It wasn't a tasteless, your wife left you Hopper jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. That's what, yeah. Um Oh, what, what? Yeah, I was kind of interested in like the uh, like. I guess w- it it wasn't clear to me that like eleven. I didn't know if the demogorgon existed because eleven existed. That felt like that was being implied in some spots of like her. I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's not. I didn't. I couldn't make all the connections of it. That's interesting. But yeah, yeah. Like and they're almost. She, the Demogorgon is almost a mirror of her. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of her manifestation in the upside down or something like that. Well, it was weird because they they planted a lot of seeds that they they can pick and choose what they want to pick up because we found like, or Hopper found like the egg, like the alien egg in the woods in the upside down. And I was expecting there to be more of them. I was yeah. like, I thought, I thought for sure there were going to be like eleven of them running around or something. Well, I, I think, I, th- I think there are more. That, that's the vibe. I, I, I don't think it was just one of those guys running around in there. Yeah, even with like, um, Will, like Will coughing up. Well, he's, yeah. Let's talk end. about that for a second. Oh yeah. I think that's our biggest setup for season two of all the, of anything that they yeah, set so up. Is Will is it's, Will going to turn into one? Or my or thought or process is that somehow he's infected with whatever these things are, and he's got some sort of infantile. Let's just call them like Lovecraftian, whatever. You know what I mean? Like these weird, like demogorgonites. Yeah, there we go. Demogorgonites. Whatever they are, and that's why I I bring up the mist because it's very much mist esque. You know, Um, but I I have a feeling that I'm hoping season two is is like a build to um, the town itself starting to be taken over by you know what i mean by the the upside down it'd be cool to see the town and the upside down start to blend and and twist and contort and stuff like that i think yeah uh, i think you could do a play a lot with that you know start making people in town act weird and well and it, it almost know. suggests that will is kind of half in half out when he yeah when, i wonder he coughs that and, thing and i wonder what happens to the to the portal that they use to get into it that that's that exists in the in the lab in the energy building yeah does it remain because if 11 opened it which is what we're we never really see that exact moment we get the build-up to it yeah but we don't see the actual like moment that it happens or exactly how it happens they do say in the pilot um matthew modine comes to check it out and look at it and then he's kind of like okay you know the girl can't she can't have gotten too far but it seemed like the scene, uh, the opening scene of the series with the guy in the lab coat running. That's it. why was he by himself? You know, that was yeah. like, when did that happen? Did the, did the rip open? And then they kind of looked at it and were like, well, we're off the clock, so we're going to head out, <laughs> have a good night. Lock this place. Yeah, the night watch lab guy. And then, like, the, the monster comes out and then he runs for it or what? Yeah, I don't know. Plus, the creature was able to use different entrances and exits. Like, it had, it had, it had him kind of all over, but it seemed like when. Somebody from our world found it. It would close. It would kind of close up because the tree I, one closed up. The, yeah, the tree one and closed up. The one up. on the wall in Joyce's house closed up. I don't like, know how much that is when somebody finds it. It gets closed up. It's just that the Demogorgon closes it back up when he when it's been when, when it's it, been when discovered. It's been I guess. Yeah. yeah. Or that, that because, be because he's like kind of under, um, you know, at least when. Uh, 
God, Will's brother, what's his name? Jonathan. Jonathan and, and Nancy find it, and they're actively like fighting it at least somewhat. Maybe he's like, okay, I'm not going to screw with that, and he closes the portal back up. Was kind of my thing about. I don't know that. I don't know that there's necessarily rules there about it. I was curious, but, like if the Demogorgon is able to open and close it at yeah. will, why can't we, or why can't Eleven? You know what I mean. And maybe like that's can, maybe that's the thing is that Eleven found like Eleven. Ugh, this you won't get this reference, so I won't make it, and it's a spoiler for Game of Thrones. But the maybe the fact that Eleven was like psychically tuning into the. Uh, in, into the Demogorgon meant that it could find where she was in the other universe and then open a portal to get to her. That's that's my thought. Is her, her powers are, are almost become a beacon for yeah for it to find a way into our world. Like she's she's it's just like she's a, it's like uh, it's like Frodo wearing the ring. The, she, the ring wraiths can find him. She's like a lighthouse. Yep. And then as soon as it you know if she communicates enough with it, which they were pushing her to do, yeah. because they wanted to be able to communicate with it. They they pushed it too far as you know these ne'er do well scientists always do, and <laughs> and it wound up finding a way and then, in. Yeah, and then she understands that the portal gets made, and that's what makes her be like, "Peace out." I'm out. I'm well, the and, and there's here. a and I don't want to look. I, I don't want to say that this is bring up Stephen King too much anymore. But I mean, there's there's a concept in a lot of Stephen King works about uh, air, places in our universe that are thin. Yeah, um, and places that are. It's easier to pass through, you know, and I think that might be something. Maybe there's something with the town where there's something about that town that it's it just happens to be that place that you can walk between sure. the two. It's it's an idea, and and because they do pull so much from his some of, some of his concepts, I wouldn't doubt that that popped in their heads at some yeah. point. So, yeah, it's cool. It's I I I like alternate universes and stuff like that, or parallel dimensions. Star, I like that kind of stuff when it doesn't get it can so easily become out of hand. The the idea of uh, of kind of other people's presence in the upside down uh messing with the lights in our time very cool was very that's a such an and it's it's born a lot of gifts of people lighting up the the letters on the wall to spell things out oh yeah there's a whole there's a strange gif that's strangergif.com i think is what it is yeah, yeah. stranger things twitter keeps posting posting a bunch yeah, of them. oh yeah <laughs> so the, the drink your ovaltine was the one that had me in tears <laughs> that was amazing yeah, that's, that's exactly what that's awesome that's like the first thing i thought of when yeah. i saw one of them now, i will but. say one thing i well, i think the last spoiler thing i really want to talk about because it just stood out so strongly to me and i was like god damn this is an impressive like storytelling decision um, the, the, I don't want to call him a jock cause he's not, but the Steve, yeah, he's kind of a douche, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole time you're like, Ugh, this guy, yeah. like you just want, he's that character in the horror movie or the teen movie. You just want to get it. You're yeah. like, this is, this is James Spader on his worst day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> ugh, get rid of this guy. And the whole time you're doing that. And, and of course, you know, the, he shows up at the worst possible time and you're like, here we go. That monster is going to kick, is going to murder him. It's going to be glorious. And then like, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And then he becomes a complete consummate badass and like helps them. And like, good for them. Like they, it would be such the, it'd be so much the easy choice to just, yeah, kill off Steve in the most brutal possible way. But they didn't, they made him super cool at the end there. Like, yeah, he's still a dick, but like he's a, he's a human being and he actually gives a shit that he doesn't want them to die. You know, like he's, I I liked that. I was like, good for the, you know, it reminded me of, um, a little bit of cabin in the woods and some of the playing on, yeah, the subversion of your expectations. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, I don't think it wasn't that was intentional necessarily. I think it was just them being smart and saying, well, "We don't have to kill this guy. Yeah. What if? What if he? You know, I, he would jump in and help out." So it was more rewarding to watch him 
try to to realize he was being a dick and to try to like fix his absolutely like wiping off the the yep. remarks on the theater and actually wanting to be and I I actually really liked the fact that that he and Nancy wind up together because I was like. That's what would happen. It is. Like, let's not kid ourselves. She wouldn't date Jonathan, or she would for like a little bit, and then they would realize they're just too different. Yep. And uh, they may have an attraction, and they may still, maybe even in season two, we'll see a little bit of that, a little bit of that heat, <laughs> uh, that that Hawkins heat. It's the name of the town, right? Hawkins. Yeah. I think yes. So. And uh, you know, maybe, but for for the the uh, the immediate time, I was like, yeah, that's totally exactly what happened. Like they would get back. Well, and, every, I, and I, I liked the moment of of him. Like Steve obviously bought that camera to give to him right. at the end. Like yeah. I thought that was a very it's super cool. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. To me, that's just like, like that's how I wish people were in real life. <laughs> well, I honestly, I, I I think it. I think a lot of the time people are like that you in real life. So, yeah. I think the problem is that the, oftentimes with teen stories like this, it 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 always winds up going the other way, where it's like jerk is jerk always and yes. forever. Nice guy is nice guy always. No and forever. dynamic. No, yeah. exactly. I mean, the people are. Jerk is generally jerk. jerk is jerk that's my quote on my poster jerk is jerk <laughs> always um but uh, i don't know what i was gonna say no I, I think what i was gonna say was that it's that's not the way typically not the way life is i mean yeah. there are layers to everybody you mm. know what i mean and and i don't know steve wound up being a very cool character i, I hope that when they do that when season two comes around that they do a little bit with him and yeah i'm curious i, I i'm curious to see where he goes the only thing that was weird about Steve, Steve was one of the things early on. Where I was like, is he supposed to be like a prep or like a bad boy? Yeah. And they didn't do a good job of figuring out exactly what he was. I think he was kind of both. You know what I mean? Like, I think he was like, I think he was. Well, he didn't seem like a jock because he was too skinny. And like, so he looks like Andrew Garfield. Yeah. So he's like a tall, lanky guy with big hair. And I'm like, okay, I, I see him as just... like the prep popular kid. But then he's like acting like a badass and like shotgun and beers. And then like talking about beating. He's always wanting to pick fights with people. And I was like, you're not that guy. Like, you're a goon buddy that you hang out with all the time he always maybe, struck me as maybe the, that's that's the thing is that i think i think that was kind of his goon friends like had an influence on him and when he finally sheds them he transcends that i guess we're just talking to the point the show makes yeah. that he was never <laughs> that wasn't that, he was never that like yeah. that guy yeah he struck me as the kind of guy who um probably comes from money you know, or, or more, yeah, more money more much, money yeah. than yeah more money than most in that town and that He's been able to kind of buy his way into hanging out with the big bruiser type dudes, like with, with the with the with the jocks and stuff like that. But he's yeah. not necessarily one. But he gets to throw the parties and stuff. He's that guy. Like everybody hangs out with him because hey, he's cool enough and he can buy us beer. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I really enjoyed the moment with the gun when Jonathan brings the gun out and he's trying to like train with it and he's really terrible with it. But then Nancy picks it up and takes a moment to line up her shot and she's like actually good with the gun. I thought that was that was cool and not necessarily something you'd see in like a movie in the eighties. But uh I like that she was the one that was I'm glad we didn't have gun. some like exhausting my dad used to take me hunting every summer when I was like yeah, <laughs> just a good shot. Just a good shot. Yep. Yeah. You just yeah. concentrated and you did a good job. Yeah. And yeah. Jonathan actually had shot a gun yeah. with his dad. He, I liked that his dad came rabbit. Like the, yeah, that was a great, great scene. There yeah. were there was so much wonderful dialogue. You know what? I didn't stop to take any notes while I was watching this because I was just so into it, and I really kind of regret that, but I don't. Uh, the scene, <laughs> one of the scenes that was kind of predictable, but it was just so it didn't matter. It was so awesome. Was when Eleven, when Mike jumps off the cliff and Eleven saves him and snaps that kid's arm and like sends him packing. I was like, man, this is great because yeah. that that little shit. Like he's the one I don't want to see. Like Steve making a face turn, great. 
Yeah. Totally great. That little that little punk though. Kill him. Yeah. Kill Steve. Face Steve. Jerk was jerk. Jerk was jerk always. And yeah. I'm glad. I was like, I thought Eleven was just gonna snap his neck and <laughs> fling him over to the quarry. I was like, damn, get it, Eleven. That was great. Yeah. Uh, Benny in the first episode. That was shocking because he was great. The guy who owns the the hamburger joint. I that, know. Oh, I really. Yeah. I, I honestly thought for sure. I'm like, this guy's gonna be around. Like, he's- yeah. I was like, what a cool character. Like, and he had a good connection with Eleven, and he was trying. He was really considerate. And then when that woman showed up, I was like, oh, no, Benny, no. But and- it beautifully set up the stakes, though. Like, oh, yeah. just how far those people are willing to go. Like, they take straight murder. They immediately make you fall in love with this guy. The weird thing then- is, then they back down immediately. They don't kill anybody else. Shady. Like, I was like, science teacher is done. And then he's fine, and he's he's hanging out with like an Asian lady, and like watching the thing and telling her about it, and she's into it. I was like, "Look at Mr. Clark go!" <laughs> I, I was laughing so hard at any scene with him, and Kim, she was like, "You like that science teacher character?" I was like, "Oh, absolutely!" I mean, because every nerd kid in high school, you have that one yep. teacher yep. that mm-hmm. actually wants they they encourage your learning and they and it's just like dustin says to him on the phone he's like you always tell us to keep learning and never and they just hold it and he's looking at his like asian lady and he's like ah mr clark is just dtf but he's got to like sit and explain explain like a stasis pool to these yeah. kids it's yeah. so good that's awesome but I, yeah i loved that character because i was like this scene the, every kid has like every kid who loves some subject in school. They have that one teacher, yep. mm-hmm. and you remember them forever. Yep. So what and you're saying is more Mr. Clark, please. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Sure. That's have fine. him have him some have some sweet like Geiger counter looking thing. <laughs> He's detecting looking portals. for the upside down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my god. A portal has been detected. Mr. Clark and, and Hopper and, and Chief Hopper Jim and... Hopper team up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Science and brute strength team yes. up together. Science and, and intuition. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it, he was he was great. I loved that relationship with him and the boys, and I was actually really glad because again that would have been kind of a predictable thing for them to do, like oh kill Mr. Clark and like, yeah. but they don't. And I and I I I like that the. Department of Energy people, whatever the shadow organization they actually belong to, um, I like that they realized we can't just go around whacking everybody. Like, they killed Benny because they thought they could clean it up quickly, and then they kind of had to back down and say, we need to find other solutions to this. And if it's an army of, you know, power line vehicles chasing kids around town, you know, that was an awesome scene, too, where they're... they're, Luke, okay, I didn't get a chance to talk to to anybody else about this yet. Um, Do you guys think... So we know Will. Uh, Will is the wizard. So who are the other three in the party? I think Lucas is like the scout. He's like the ranger, the scout, because he was climbing trees. He was off on his own. I guess he was not yeah. afraid to strike out I, on his own. He had his bandana. He brought the weapons. I love that character too so yeah. much. Oh, he was. He's so he cool. Was great, and I like that the boy. Mike, for the most part, was kind of steadfast in his devotion to Eleven. But Dustin and Lucas kind of took turns being the voice of reason. Yep. Yeah. And then Lucas took a firm stance on the side. But I loved the handshaking bit, too, where they're yep. like, you've got to... Those are the rules. And Dustin's like, these are the laws that bind us. You know, <laughs> yeah. you got to you gotta shake his hand. But I, I liked... It was at that point where I was like, okay, so Lucas seems like he's the ranger. He's like the scout yep. type. And I'm like, who are, who are Mike and Dustin's Dustin? Dustin's the thief. Is, is that one of them? Is that a, a thing? I don't. I don't know Dungeons and Dragons rules. I'm gonna here. say I, I'm just going by like just RPG. I think Mike, Mike. Mike would just be like the warrior, the knight, you know, just the, yeah. standard knight. I thought yep. Dustin kind of was too. I'm like, you probably have two knights kind of hanging out. Dustin, I mean, like, because he's always he's got the I don't know. He's Dustin, got the bag full Dustin of goodies. Feels and, like he could be the bard. <laughs> the bard. Yeah. Is there a bard? Okay, yeah. I could see that. Um, That's good. But no, I could see like the thief thing too, and then I feel like. You know, like eleven. Like if eleven is uh, something, she she she. I guess would actually 
be some kind of wizard too. She's but, the mage. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting because I liked the part where Will was doing his drawings and he was drawing the four of them as the their little their little buddies. Oh, I yeah. was like, yeah, the cabbages, but like <laughs> drawing the four of them as yep. their as their alter egos. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I'm glad Will was around, like in flashbacks and a little bit. Like I thought we would never see him again until either he turned up dead or the finale. And I thought for sure that was him for a second, but then in the quarry they weren't showing his face or anything and i was like that's weird yeah that reveal is so good oh dude when when hopper when hopper goes to to cut open the body we're like whoa and we're pretty sure and even he's pretty sure but for a second he's like "Ooh, am i about to just chop into this kid yeah and we're all even though he knows and we know in our core, we don't know. And we're kind of like, uh, but I love that it's like shitty, like foam. Yeah, inside. it's just stuffing. He, yeah, it's terrible. They took some kid to the taxidermist who was like, all right, let's put him full of furniture batting or something like that. Yeah, it, was, it was, yeah. Fill him with couch. Yeah, we were, we were sure. But even so, the, the scene made us all kind of hold our breath like, oh, yeah. this is either going to be gross. Or, yeah. Yeah, that was great. They there were a lot of times where we knew, but we didn't know. Yeah, and uh, the show played to that really well. Uh, yeah, I mean, all just the relate all the relationships were so good. Joyce, I got to talk about Joyce for another second because she, like I said initially, I was like, man, Winona's just overacting so hard, and then I realized like Joyce is just kind of an erratic character, and a lot of that is helped along by Jonathan. A lot of his reactions to her and kind of. Acting like he has to kind of tend to her sometimes. He needs and, to be the parent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I thought that was really good. And even the mo- the flashbacks, as you said, with Will, you get to see Joyce in a more normal situation, and she she's a she's a mom, you know, like it. You get to see her with it together a bit, and it yeah, makes it seems like you... she was always a bit of a spaz because even uh, even uh, Lonnie is that their dad's name? Yeah. Even he kind of says some things about like, oh, your mom's just. It seems like she has a tendency to kind of go off. Off the deep end in in some situations, but it like I feel like seeing her interact with Will in the past, you see that motherly tendency of like, okay, there are times when she is actually the parent, sure, and and I think that helped ground her a bit more for me. Especially. Yeah, I liked I liked her I liked her a lot. Yeah, you know, it didn't take long for me to go, okay, I really like this character. Yeah, and uh, it was an interesting, it was a cool choice for you know Winona Ryder. I've always thought you know. I don't know that much when on a writer work, but I've always thought she's really, really beautiful. And yeah. I, I knew her well from like Edward Scissorhands yep. and uh, a lot of the earlier stuff where she was just, I, I was like, wow, she's really pretty. And then in this, she's like the frumpiest character. Like she in all of Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's gorgeous. Yeah. And then in this, she's just like the frumpiest, like weirdest, <laughs> those white, like Velcro shoes. And I was like, oof, yep. she is like small town, weirdo mom. And it was great. Yeah. Good, good choice. Oh, we're going a little long. Any, any other thoughts we want to get out and spoiler Terry here? I don't know if I'm looking forward to a season two. I don't I, know yet. I don't. I don't think I am. It could be really good. I'm going to treat it like True Detective. This, I, I feel like it's, it's so possible that this is a True Detective situation. I'm, I'm going to treat it like that. Where, like, honestly, with True Detective is is one of the first times where I can remember. I mean, it's an anthology, so it's a little different, but. First times where I can I can remember thinking like, boy, season two was not good, but I'll always have season one. So who cares? Yeah, you know, and it's, it, it feels like this is maybe like maybe this. I don't know much. I haven't read up too much on the Duffer Brothers and like how long they were working on this idea. But it feels like maybe everything went into this, and then if they're like trying to really push a season two, that 
that's going to take a lot of work to get it that's, to where it needs to be. I know it's a scary prospect. Yeah. And plus, you know, this came out of nowhere and now it's a hit. Yes. And so, so now those pe- expectations are there now. Well, that and people are going to be taking set photos and we're going to be yeah. seeing like, oh, Eleven's back on set. You know, we're going to we're going to know these things now. Yep. We're going to start people are going to start piecing together. There's what's a it detective about? on Millie Bobby Brown's house yeah. keeping an eye on when exactly. she leaves. And it's and it's going to become it's not going to be quite as special as season one. Yeah. There are shots of the kids on like the red carpet from the premiere. Everybody should look at them because they're awesome. I'm just happy that her middle and last names are Bobby Brown. That's my favorite part. <laughs> uh, I, I, did I actually say it right? Yeah. No, Mi- you're Mi- right. Millie, Millie Bobby Brown. Yep. I didn't know it was her, but I remember seeing that in the credits and going, yeah. <laughs> she is so, she is so good. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's, she's, she's the best act, actor, uh, actress, I guess, of, of the kids. Legit. I, I like all of them. I think they're all incredibly like, well, she's the best act. Like she's the one where I, I go, yeah, she's going to be in stuff for a long time. Yeah, like we're not going to really good. Yeah. Well, she's the one that has to do the most work to, like the kids can act like kids and it comes sure. through in the performance, but she needs to be that damaged, you know, experiment. She's a standout in terms oh, of man. The only other scene I want the the chair when Mike is showing her how to have fun, like in the recliner. Yeah, man, oh, that was that was one of my favorite scenes in the whole series because I was like, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's before we know too much of what she's been through, but we know she's been through some shit. Yeah, and. uh yeah, that was great. I mean, mm-hmm. just watching kids be entertained by a chair. I don't know if kids even like chairs anymore. Like, even like, yeah. I don't know if that can hold a kid's attention. Just being able to spring open a lazy boy, racing against your brothers to get to the lazy boy, and that yeah, kind and of then thing. like take turns on it. Yeah, yeah. like that's amazing. Crushing <laughs> each other's shins with a thing when it flips up. <laughs> yep. Oh, yep. what an era! What a bygone era. Yeah, it was awesome. I and I really liked the uh, the moment at uh, Christmas when I. I think it was Will who's like uh, the thing with the Atari of like oh I know that I'm getting an Atari I, I was holding on I was Same holding on the mics yeah yeah, yeah. Or, yeah so I I, I liked that one I was, that was like yeah, that's that's something that I would do as a kid but feel the gifts yeah find out what they are yep yeah it definitely was it tickled the nostalgia bone I think pretty hard for some of us I would think our generation in particular like yeah. was very I think it'd be fun for like my dad to watch it somebody who had the kids in like yeah the 80s. that's interesting but he wouldn't he he would really i mean because the 80s were not so far removed from like the 60s say in terms of like what kids would do like get on your bike and ride around with your pals all day and like make stuff up it's not that it's not as removed as like the 80s is from today yeah so you know my dad used to tell us stories about the trouble they would get into when they were kids and it wasn't so different and now kids these are like what's a phone what's a landline <laughs> they, yeah. they, what is this alien technology yeah. Interesting. It's a time capsule. Yep. Thank All you, right. Duffer Brothers. Well, I think we've uh, reached our maximum time in the Upside Down. So, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to us. Let us know what you think of the show and the things that we talk about. We want to know what you think of Stranger Things, so please write in and let us know. At MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, we are MidwestFilmers.com. You can find all of our previous 189-plus bonus episodes with full show notes, so you can skip over the spoiler territory if you need to. And, um, yeah, all that other good stuff. G2T Podcast. Check out Gone to Texas if you've been watching Preacher. And uh, check out Willie's uh, article about Pennywise and It and all of its incarnations. Um, next week, it's probably going to be Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. 
<laughs> yeah, scuba dive squad. Uh, so come back for that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. Kyle X Y, go watch a movie.